Ash, I don't know about doing these wrestling podcasts anymore, mate. Why is that? <sighs> Wrestling's just stupid. True. Like, have you thought about it? Like, literally, it's men in pants fighting for a belt. <laughs> is that the best you can do? Fucking hungry, mate. Hurry up. <laughs> What's Gordon Ramsay's favourite wrestling show? I don't know. Tell me. It's fucking raw! <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking raw <laughs> oh god's sake help me wrestling everybody welcome back to three men one fall joining us this time around for our review of wwe survivor series best of the best 2020 that happened this last sunday and um yeah this is our review of the show there's only two of us this week jay uh, unfortunately wasn't able to to watch the show and isn't with us today uh, but it is quite difficult jay is the only one of us three that also has uh, parental duties so Speak of course <laughs> of course that does always uh, and always will do come first so uh, jay will be back in time for our weekly roll-up for the end of the week which we're going to record tomorrow um but less about that for now and more about who survived what then i suppose smackdown versus raw Ugh. well yeah, because NXT isn't good enough, is it? Well, apparently not this year, no. No. So who are the two men this week? Oh, it's Ashley here. And I'm Russ. Whee. Thanks again, everybody, for joining. And uh, yeah, so Ash, this was the... Well, th- well, first of all, this was the penultimate pay-per-view for WWE for 2020, the year that was. There's only one more left for the... Well, for the main roster, at least, and that's yeah. TLC. Coming in December. No, we also have war games coming up. But war yeah, this games. show then. Yeah. I think we mentioned it. Did we mention it before? That Survivor Series, not as good as it used to be. It's not the same. No. But is that to do with the emphasis being on SmackDown versus Raw now? And there isn't that many storylines that are being built within the match itself. Because no. These are matches that don't really mean much apart from brand supremacy. Yeah, but... And that's the, and I think that's what where it's it suffers because brand supremacy no one really cares anymore. You not know? really. It's not because there isn't a SmackDown versus Raw. I, I would argue, you know, initially when you had you know Bischoff leading Raw and Stephanie on SmackDown and stuff, and you know from that point and even for quite a few years after then, uh, SmackDown versus Raw did have a bit of weight to it. But yeah, you know, 
you you remember when it was like a specialty when it was a Raw vs Smackdown match at maybe a WrestleMania or a, a Survivor Series match between Raw and Smackdown it was a very rare thing. But then when when they were rare, that was it, it did hold more weight to it because you didn't see it so often. No. But again, in terms of WWE's pay per view timeline it's quite difficult when again like you know when you're going to get hell in a cell you know when you're going to get tlc you know when you're going to get money in the bank although to be fair you knew initially before oh yeah money in the bank at wrestlemania but you know in terms of like big uh match types like that that would usually be the big blow off for a storyline you know you know when you're going to get them now because they are at that specific point in the year and survivor series is no different in that regard but you know you wouldn't necessarily always have smackdown versus raw no. At that time of year, like you do now, because I think that was initially why they brought in the bragging rights pay per view that was kind of short lived. Yeah, because they keep bra- they keep saying things like, "Oh, it's for bragging rights." The one thing that does piss me off is the fact they always they say enough times on this show was the only time Raw versus SmackDown happens. No, uh, yeah, it's just not, is it? It just isn't. I think you know at least make sure that they're not popping up on each show throughout the year. Yeah. Because it's difficult with with AJ being Raw and Team Captain for Raw, for that matter, or self-proclaimed Team Captain for Raw. uh, You know, his whole thing back in the day was, you know, SmackDown was the house that AJ Styles built. You know, when they kind of did the whole, they brought the brand split back Mm -hmm. uh, in 2016 and AJ went over there and he was, aside from Dean Ambrose, who obviously had taken the WWE title over with him, um, AJ was probably the, the standout. Yeah. I mean, it did have Cena, but there was no. You, well, they it, they had Orton initially, and but Cena was more of a Cena was more sort of transitioning into the whole part time thing by then. Yeah, I think because he was on his sort of way out of of wrestling a full time schedule. But yeah, you know, it was a smack. But even then, it was more about the newer guys because Raw, predominantly over the years, has always had the most. I would say probably main event level talent in there. Oh yeah, Titus O'Neil, <laughs> Darren the, Young. The Titus World World Slide was a uh, was one of the best things that happened in that year. Yeah. When was that? Twenty eighteen. I think it was twenty eighteen. Yeah, it was or the same 17? day. Yeah, the same day we saw Infinity War. It was yes. <laughs> but I suppose if we jump into it, then Ash, we should start at the pre-show, which I know that you watched, and once again, I've. Still not been able to. I just didn't have time for it, but I am right. aware of what happened. Well, for the first time since probably Mania 35, I've actually watched a pre-show. Or well, wow. a pre-show match, at least. It was an 18-man battle royal. Uh, Drew branded. I don't know why they couldn't do 20, but that's just me rounding it up. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, Miz won it by eliminating Dominic Mysterio. I don't know why Miz won it, because he's money in the bank, and he doesn't need a big win like that, does he? Well, I, do you know what? I disagree. I think it's about time that the Money in the Bank winner actually won matches. Because well, historically yeah. speaking, they, they tend to be sort of, I don't want to necessarily say jobbed out, although it has happened, um, but they don't tend to build like a lot of momentum. And I, the only reason I can think of for that is probably so that it becomes more of a shock when they cash in. Because if you think, well, he's had a bad night or he's having a bad week or a bad month, you know, it almost forces you to think of them as an afterthought. So it's a more of a shock, I think, when they cash in. I, like, I imagine that's probably what the logic is behind it. But obviously the, the problem with that is that then, you know, now you don't really have a technically a believable challenge, uh, a believable champion. So if they've been losing all their matches for the past one, two months, 
and then all of a sudden, you know, you cash in at the end of a match, take advantage, and now you're the champ. And then all of a sudden you're going to start winning. I just, I don't know, just it's a bit strange. So, I mean, I, I think the Miz winning it is, is good. Well, when you entered, I thought, is he either going to be the first eliminated or he's going to win? But it turned out his teammate, John Morrison, was the first one eliminated. So, <laughs> so no, um, kind of half right. There was some good stuff. Like they had Cleister and Rey Mysterio having a bit together, which I thought, that actually could be a good match in the future. But Dominic is really good. Well, really good, and the match he had against Seth at SummerSlam was it's one of his my first first match. Yeah, it's in it's probably in my top ten matches of the year. Think about that though, like let that sink in. That was Dominic's first match. Yeah, thing is, he's putting the work in, and it pays off. Like it's showing, you know, he's not just somebody that's getting into it because his dad was in it, and no. you know, like he's putting the work in, and he's going to be very different to Ray long term. Oh, I yeah. mean, he's he's already taller. Uh, he's not going to be able to. Well, I'm not saying not going to be able to do the same stuff that Ray does, but it won't be the same because he isn't Ray. He, isn't, he hasn't got the height, but he's his own guy. And I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. what Dominic Mysterio is going to do going down the road. I don't even care if he takes on the Ray Mysterio name. I don't know if that's something that is going to happen. I know um, there's been talks of putting him in a mask. Yeah, there was a talk about the mask and I think a name was Prince Mysterio. Prince Mysterio. I think that's it. Yeah, I've heard that. But, and that's fine if if they want to go down that route. But, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him just become his own man. And I think he's, you know, he's great. You know, so far, so good. He's on the right path and looking forward to seeing what he does next. Yeah. And, and going back to the match, being the last game eliminated on The Miz, who's a former WWE champion. Yeah. Not too bad. The finish was pretty innovative, I thought, because Dominic threw him over the top rope. Miz landed, rolled back into the ring and then got kicked out by Dominic. So he didn't technically get eliminated. Mm. Then uh, after Dominic eliminated uh, Chad Gable, Miz comes in, throws him out, wins the match. Nice. As good, a heel, we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So after that then, I guess then we're we're kicking off the show. I think also we should mention this is, I think, the last pay-per-view, or yeah, last pay-per-view in the Thunderdome at this building. Uh, okay, yeah. Before they're moving across. Yeah, because um, of the uh, basketball I think it's a, yeah the same place as the uh, lo- local basketball team play. Right. That's how British we are. The, lo- the, lo- the local basketball team, yeah. NBA. Very, we are very British. Oh, oh uh, another thing on pre-show. I want, there's some pre-show stuff I want to talk about. <laughs> I just remember some stuff. They did a they did a gobbledygooker appearance, and he won yeah. a twenty-four-seven title. And do you know who was playing the gobbledygooker? Uh, Drew Gulak. Not for the first time. Did no. I discovered. <laughs> but the funny thing was, after, for this segment, they start him, Gobbledygooker, Archie, and Tazawa go running off, and the Gobbledygooker's <laughs> foot comes off. And not only not only that, just before they go into the curtain to hide away, they both all of them stop running because they think they're off camera. <laughs> Wrestling. Wrestling. Oh, and the last segment on the uh, pre-show was a backstage uh, bit of Team Raw getting to, uh, getting together and pumping up themselves. And I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't think pumping of the, up pr- themselves. Yeah, you know, getting ready. Do you ready. understand how that? Me- you, right. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they're on the camera for about ten seconds, and then AJ Styles looks at the camera and goes, "We on? Yeah, we on. Just go. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's so funny." Oh man! And that's the last. That's the last thirty seconds of the pre-show. 
It's not bad. It's not as bad as the impact one that happened on Bound for Glory. Oh no, you can't beat that. <laughs> I reckon. So yeah, start off with the uh, opening match of the night: uh, Survivor Series traditional Survivor Series match. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Raw had AJ Styles, the captain, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Riddle, and they were accompanied by AJ Styles' bodyguard, uh, who had a new name. Yeah, Omos. I don't know if they had a proper name for him, if they used his real name of Jordan or not. Stood there in the ring, doing nothing. Just stood there. And then you watch everybody else come out. And you, like guys like Seamus. Seamus is a big bloke. Oh, Braun Strowman's a big bloke. And way. he looked... Strowman is a humongous bloke. And they all look like absolute midgets. Well, he's a legit seven foot three. Because he used to play... Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do with this guy? Like, well, eventually, like if he's going to become a, a single star or, or whatever... How does this guy not become like the undefeated, unstoppable? I think he'll they'll do a Diesel nineteen ninety four Rumble at the Rumble this next coming up. They'll make him be like the big guy who eliminates everyone. God, well I can see that, yeah, and I'd believe it too. Oh yeah, it's but just yeah. A- also with the the entrances, sorry uh, for Team Raw, we had uh, Keith Lee debuting his new music. Yeah, uh, Team SmackDown was Kevin Owens, Jey Uso. King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis. I like I liked Seth Rollins coming out because he looked disinterested. Like I don't want to be. I was going to say the, the best thing for me, to be honest, in the whole match was Seth Rollins. Yeah, even when they stood on the apron. So yeah, it's in the entrance, but you could tell he was stood on the apron, and you know, um, it was Jey Uso that kicked things off, and he was going up there against. Um, uh, AJ, yeah, you know they they had a pretty interesting few sort of back and forth moments and some good chaining together of of offense and stuff like that's. I think Jay is going to become a good breakout single star. Oh, definitely, like somewhere down the road. But yeah, I think you couldn't just help but notice Seth on the apron when the camera would shoot that way and just him like just looking into space, yeah, like just staring down at the map. It's almost like he's having time off soon, hey. <laughs> But he, even his elimination was quite interesting. You know, he gets in there and he's like the greater good, yeah. which is really funny because if anyone out there has ever seen the film Hot Fuzz, yes, shut uh, up. That's all I can. The think greater of. good, shut up. <laughs> the greater good, because that's be memed in wrestling. Murder, murder, murder. <laughs> every time, every time I hear Seth Rollins say the greater good, I always think of Hot Fuzz. I think that's because of the meme, that, yeah. that they've used. The greater so, yeah. good. So, um, got uh, Seth. Well, Seth. Seth is the first one out. Yeah, by Sheamus. Uh, after about six minutes, because it, it was weird thinking, even though you're probably not want to be in the match or whatever, you want to help your team win, right? Yeah, but then that's but that made sense for me. Like that's why I that's why I say I think that was the best thing, story wise, in the whole match. Like, why the fuck would Seth care? He's only just gone to SmackDown and he's been on Raw yeah. basically his entire career up to that point. Why would it matter to him? And the, the, the idea that he's the Messiah and essentially this kind of like higher being, of course he's going to think that he's above the, his own brand. Like That makes sense. And he's a heel. Well, he Why is, would they care? Why should they care? Well, he is a Messiah and he is a very naughty boy. He's a... <laughs> uh, which was... Um, the, the, the British people are going to get that, I think. Oh, but, uh, uh, Monty Python. Or, or anyone that's in Monty Python. Yeah. Well, I know we're probably going to spoil, spoil the whole match, but... Get the fact that every Raw superstar got an elimination was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Uh, one of the other cool moments was when I think it may have been Riddle 
or Styles, I can't remember who it was, but they were being pinned and the entire Raw team jumped in and made the save. Yeah. which is That a, was really cool. Yeah, because normally it's like you get pinned, no one helps you out. Yeah. It says, no, you've been, you've been hit by every finisher well, in the world. Uh, kind of like get, when Rollins got pinned. Yeah, it's like... They all just stood there and watched it. Yeah, and was like, like you've been what? hit by a guy's finisher. Uh, you're going to kick out. It's, oh, you ain't kicked out. <laughs> Actually, there was something. Um, when uh, Seth got eliminated and they all and all Team SmackDown went to huddle up and then Braun Strowman ran fucking quick as hell and yeah. knocked them all over. That Seriously, the speed of Braun Strowman is like fucking insane. The guy is a, he's a machine. Like he is, he is a monster. Well, he's he, a monster among men. What what can you say about him? He's the Strowman. He ex- deserves to be where he is. Yeah, the Strowman Express. I um I, to to kind of like I, I suppose fast forward through like the, the, just the elimination process that you said there. Yeah. Um. Obviously, this was a clean sweep for Raw. Yeah. And um, the order of the eliminations were. Not really too surprising, like in terms of when you take the Seth Rollins ones out, uh, Seth Rollins one out at the beginning, because it went from him to uh, to I nearly said Steen, went from (laughs) him to Owens, and then I think it was Corbin. Next Corbin, like a minute after uh, Kevin Owens got eliminated. Yeah, and that was from Riddle. So that was a so I mean story wise, there obviously him and Riddle have had something going on previously, so you know that that made sense. But then you're down to Otis and Jay, and they both look good. They both look great. Otis and Keith Lee had a nice sort of moment together. Yeah. Good sort of like big strong man moment. And, um, but then Otis, obviously he's gone and it left Jay. Uh, but that's one thing about the Survivor Series match. I think it did more to progress stories on SmackDown, despite the fact that they lost and lost so decisively. It yeah. did more to progress stories on SmackDown than it did the Raw guys. Um, the only story I could really see building for the Raw guys was that they were like learning how to get along as a team, which obviously up until that point, the story was that the Raw guys couldn't get along as a team, which again, I swear happens at every Survivor Series, there's, there's always whether one. it's Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, there's always yeah. one. It happened with the Raw team a few years ago when it was the co-captains of Owens and Jericho. And, you know, yeah. people couldn't get along and stuff. Like, it's, you know, I, I could get it. It's an easy kind of thing to do. But I just, I feel like SmackDown actually walked away with the most stories being told. Like, you had Rollins. Owens didn't really, I mean, not really anything for Owens or Corbin. But Otis, because I'm still in my head, I've still got this thing that Otis's storyline is that he's just hitting a rock bottom. And he's just, he's got to lose everything before he comes back to the top. Yeah, because I just feel like that is the that's a real working man story, and that if that's how you're going to portray Otis, the bloke should lose everything because like we would all know what that feels like, and yeah. it's, it's just easy to relate to him. Technically, he's still in a relationship with Mandy Rose, but because they're on different brands, we're not going to see it. Yeah, but, but I, well, which which yeah. well, we might, but <laughs> but the Jay thing, I think Jay walked out with the biggest because oh yeah. Um, Obviously, after the match, Raw celebrate. And then, was it straight afterwards? I think it was straight after. But we had that backstage segment between Jey Uso and Roman. It might have been after, yeah. Uh, I was going to talk about Jay super kicking everyone, doing the dive, and then like looking really strong, being the, the last man standing in his team before he got eliminated in, obviously, Team Raw Ron. But yeah. yeah um, well, that, that does play a part into this, this promo that happened next, or yeah. the segment that happened next. Because it was, yeah, Jay did look strong. And now that he is aligning himself, whether or not we're we're buying into that or not, I still don't know. But you know, at the moment, he's aligned with his cousin Roman, and uh, yeah, he and Jimmy 
going to knock on Roman's door and it's, it's Heyman that comes out first. Because that was the other thing that they kept doing throughout the match, wasn't it? Cutting back to the, you know, Heyman watching it on the monitor. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's it's backstage and Heyman's sort of talking. Well, Heyman doesn't really say much, does he? Which, no. again, I really like that, that, that Roman's getting the time and that he's killing it. Yeah, he's been he's been amazing. Yeah. But I tell you what, another thing about Paul Heyman being with um, Roman is you don't miss Brock. No, I don't miss Brock at all. I'd rather I'd, watch Roman matches. I'd, I'd, I'd hate to think it's leading to a Brock comeback to face uh, Roman, but I don't think it's going to happen. If it happens, I'm all for it if Roman squashes Brock. Roman's got more longevity in the business than Brock does. Give it to Roman yeah. and let him squash him. So what what are we going to give this match then? Um, even though it's a clean sweep, I kind of in, I did like the match, but it's I don't think anyone apart from Jay and maybe... Oh, it's got a good chance to shine. Everyone, everyone got yeah. everyone got a move in or so, and apart from Seth. But yeah, if, um, I'd give it two seven five, two point seven five. So go and buy the trusty old trophy system um, before you trade her off. <laughs> I'd have to give it. I'd have to give it a silver. Um, it's one of those. Like it's it's a good match. It's just. You know, it was kind of what I expected it to be in, in certain areas. I, I wasn't expecting a clean sweep, but, you know, the fact that it happened, again, I still think it did more for SmackDown than it did for Raw yeah. long term. But um, So, obviously, the next is that, that segment. Yeah, the segment was essentially just Roman saying a J. Well, he's t- telling Jimmy to get out. Yeah. Which, again, it's, I love that. Like, they're causing a little bit of, like, you know... What's going to happen between the Usos down the line? There's a lot of threads. There's a lot of threads, and they were all planted at Clash of Champions. And this is honestly, this really is the best thing going on in WWE right now. But you know, essentially, saying to Jay, "Look, you lost. All right. So, and, and the reason that you lost was because you couldn't control your team. You couldn't control your team because they don't respect you. And if they don't respect you, they don't respect me. And it was like it, it was just brilliant. It was yeah. Roman's way of just pulling everything back to him. Because and like right." Everything you did in there was a representation of how everybody else feels about me or the lack of what you did in there. So if they're not respecting you, they're not respecting me. You know, that was like, it was putting it all on Jay. Jay's like essentially his foot soldier. And he kind of reprimanded him. And he's like, well, look, we ain't got time for losers in this family. No. If you're going to be a loser, you're going to lose your place at the table. And I love it. I just love this like idea of... Look, I'm ahead of a table. You sit at the table. Winners sit at the table and you eat at this table that I lay out for everybody. I love, I just love what they're doing. I love it. And Roman's execution of it, I'm just gushing. I'm gushing at it. I just, <laughs> I lo- honestly, and I thought, now I really can't wait for Roman and Drew to see how this is really going to play out. Because I kind of said going into it that, you know, I, I think there's going to be interference and everything else. Oh, which, by the way, if we're going to start looking at the scoreboard now, Jay and I have one point. As we both said, Raw, and you said SmackDown, so you sat there with uh, nothing at the minute, Ash. Yeah. So, yeah, next up then, what did we get? We had the Street Profits, the SmackDown Tag Champions, against the New Day, the Raw Tag Team Champions in a brand versus brand match. Did you find it weird that Big E came out with the New Day, or do you think it was right? So, I understand why they did it. Obviously, they've got their appearance coming up in Gears of War. Yeah. And they came out, obviously, with then with their Gears of War um, sort of attire on, their outfits, uh, which looked sick, to be oh, honest. Yeah. But going back to whether or not it was the right move, I think 
to be honest, at this stage, it's not like Biggie's really doing anything. So I don't no. think it necessarily hurt anything. But we do need to... Hopefully that is it. Because if they're just going to keep meeting up anyway... I mean, A, it kind of went against everything that the pay-per-view basically stood for, mm-hmm. which is SmackDown versus Raw. I did like the fact you know, he so- wasn't I did like the fact he wasn't out there home for the match. He was just there for the entrance. But the fact that you're on SmackDown, you're supposed to be yeah. SmackDown. It was nothing more than promotion. Yeah. I think it, it was a promotional tool for Gears of War, uh, which is strange, really, considering that the game that was sponsoring was Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. So hopefully that's a good indication that the game's actually going to be out on the 10th. There, there, was, there was a date. I can't remember what date it was, but I think it was next month. Uh, it's 10th, I'm pretty sure. Well, that right. was the last date I saw. Um, but yeah, I think it was nothing more than promotion. And I think that doesn't necessarily hurt anything at the moment because, like we said, Biggie's not really doing anything, but they can't make a habit of it because, you know, if we're going to look at the New Day now, it's just the two of them. But again, like even Biggie, Biggie was still in the graphic. He was doing the intro to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just felt a bit odd. But to be honest with you, as kind of interesting as that entrance was, it was Street Profits that stole it from me. Oh, yeah, I love this promo. That promo was Montez Ford, anyway, like, just in general. Oh, yeah. It's just straight up fire. He- the man is unbelievable. Like, he's he's got he's got charisma on the next level. Yes. Like, it's up there with the rock level of chemistry. I, I don't care what anyone says. Like, I know people say, oh, the rock is... You know, The Rock's The Rock. There'll never be anyone like him. I'm not saying he's like The Rock, but The Rock has a power to be able to captivate an audience with the words and the actions and, you know, even things like head movement, you know, body language, everything. Like, sometimes he wouldn't have to say anything. He could just do the whole, like, the head flick and the eyebrow and he's got everybody's attention. Yeah. Montez Ford, I feel like, is going to have this same... Like, he's, he's just another level. Yes. And Angelo, I think, benefits from that. I think if they ever decide to split the street profits up, It'll be interesting, like, Angelo will have to up his game and find a strength in another area because there's no way that he's going to outmatch Montez on the mic. Oh, definitely ever, not. Ever. And the promo just started off as that whole kind of, like, you know, they was doing the Undertaker sort of beatboxing and then they was talking about a bit about the Undertaker and then they was talking about um, just, I think, Survivor Series stuff in general. Yeah. And then it just led into this whole, like, yeah, we ain't fucking around. No. Like, we're coming out there to beat your ass. And I was like, this is great. This is kind of what you needed. It then kind of flipped itself again when they were coming out and New Day was in the ring dancing to their music. Yeah. But then they would be in New Day. My favourite bit was the ref was like, come on, take this seriously, please. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I liked it. And I thought when it actually then came down to the match itself, I think, I know it was only second match of the night, but up until, I mean, okay, spoiler alert for the rest of the review, but... I would say up until the main event, this was the match of the night. I think I definitely agree with that. I really, really loved this match. This match was, it was just brilliant. Like It was the wrestling. Again, I never usually want to talk too much about the spots in this because like, I kind of feel like anything that we say for a match when it's so good, you just, you're underplaying it. Yeah. Because we're just sat here talking about it and it's like, you have to go and watch it. You do. Because it was it was just really it was just brilliant. Like there was good hard hitting um, spots in there. Uh, you had Kofi, not necessarily playing the heel, but the New Day were kind of like heelish at certain points, yeah. but not heel. No, I think just because they were the more established team, they've come in with the most amount of experience. Street Profits had everything to gain, nothing to lose. Uh, well, and, and everything to lose. New Day, nothing to lose necessarily, but also nothing to gain. So it was you know. The old versus the new. 
and you had well, Kofi sat there with like with the red cup and everything like that. And... Yeah, we kicked it and it barely moved. Yeah, <laughs> even though even though you did kind of see it in the um, announce table, but that's not as bad as um, AJ Styles not knowing he's on camera. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, there's not much more I can say about this match. I mean, I don't know what you want to talk about. If there's any sort of spots particular that jumps out at you, but um, the the intro to it and everything like that really got me invested. I didn't care that this was SmackDown versus Raw. I saw huh. it more as like this is Street Profits and New Day, and there's already there's a story there. It doesn't have to be SmackDown and Raw. No. I did kind of think in the back of my head is Biggie going to come out because I, I, I was kind of feeling maybe there's a heal turn. I did think he was going to make yeah. an appearance, another appearance, but it didn't need him because the match was that good. And yeah, Andrew, well, unless you, unless you were going to have him turn heel and align with the Street Profits, you didn't need him. No, because like I said, like I was saying on SmackDown, he's basically said that. Uh, Street Profits and New Day lie and aren't and is as close as New Day will ever get. So it's kind of saying they might be on a different show, but I still love those guys. Like they are my brothers, and him. I but then I do think he's going to turn eventually. Yeah, exactly. But that's the fuel that you need sometimes. Like as soon as a bit of time has has gone past mm. and some space and distance between the two of them or between the three of them, then. You know, that just that it hurts all the deeper when there is a betrayal like that. I'm not saying that every time a tag team breaks up, they should have a rivalry with each other and one goes heel, one goes face. Because it does happen basically all the time. Like, and it actually is a bit boring. Yeah. You don't always need to do that. Yeah. So it is kind of refreshing to split them up and just like still have them as friends. But what I'm saying is that if you ever do do that, then it's really got to mean something special. Yeah. So maybe now wouldn't have been the right time to pull the trigger. So although I was expecting it, I'm glad they didn't do it. No. The only the only tag, going back to the tag team, that once you split up, one turns face, one turns heel. The only time I, I remember that didn't happen was La Resistance with uh, Rob Conway and uh, the other one. Sylvia. Sylvia Yeah, yeah. That, 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 yeah, they've always been heels whenever they're in WWE. It's one of the few yeah. tag teams that split up and never did that. But I know, there's, I know people have said that... Um, Angelo Dawkins isn't that great of rest, uh, isn't that great, but compared to Montez Ford, you're never gonna get I thought he yeah. did I thought he did really well in this match. It, everyone everyone in this match did their business and just looked really good. Everyone everyone looked amazing. Everybody came out looking brilliant. Yeah. The Street Profits came out looking the best, which was should have been the idea anyway. The Angelo the, the Angelo Dawkins thing though. Like, I'm not trying to shit on the guy. Like I'm really not. I'm just like what you said there though, in terms of a promo and in terms of talking on the mic, like it's not Angelo's fault. You no. can put Montez in there with basically anybody, and he's nine times out of ten, I think he's going to shine the brightest on that mic. Yeah, because he's like I said, it's a next level, higher echelon of charisma that Montez has got. And Angelo, though, I mean, what you know, Angelo as a wrestler in the ring, ability inside the ring, there's no question he's brilliant, and he can do things that Montez can't do because he's he's got a different uh, physique. Yeah. And he's got a different build and a different approach to things. And that's what keeps things dynamic. But, you know, if they ever... What, what I'm saying is, though, if they ever did split the street profits up, then, you know, in terms of... Uh, that's why I, would, I wouldn't I would necessarily want them to do one goes heel, one goes face. Because regardless of what you give Angelo, I don't think he's going to come out of that looking any better off. Right. Like, it's not going to do much for him to go up against Montez. In a different way, look at Ois and Tucker. Well, what's Tucker doing now? Uh, jobbing on uh, main event, although he did win twenty four seven title for like a minute or so. So, well, time will tell what will happen with that. But so, um, yeah, this match in total, what you're going to give it? Uh, four and a half. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a gold. I think it's a golden um. 
I think I think we need to get the golden arm out. Uh, if you want to, but it's not my choice, is it? <laughs> were you su- the golden arm? Yeah, were you surprised that um, Street Profits won, or do you think did you? Was that you who picked? Because I picked them. I picked Street Profits. But, did, so but at this point, I do want to just point out I'm two and zero. But did, and Jay is also two and zero. But at did this you? Point. But did you expect it to happen that way? I think sometimes the key to trying to enjoy certain things is to not try to expect too much from it. Yeah. Just because the more you sit there... We said this about the fun, broken rules. Uh, Armored uh, de- Arma Deletion. Armored Deletion. Elite Deletion. Elite Deletion, yeah. Yeah. We said... <laughs> got there in the end. We said that about that because, you know, you keep thinking, oh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. It's not going to happen. And if you keep thinking the same thing, you're, you're literally you're just going to ruin it for yourself. Yeah. So I try not to expect too much in terms of like... Yeah, you because know, I I'm not booking it. I'm watching it, and I want to be entertained by whatever's happening. Um, it's just more about whether or not I'm invested in the storyline, which again, like I say, is difficult for Survivor Series with the format being what it is. But the match itself is no question; it was fantastic. All of them are so charismatic that yeah. it was just drawing me in, even just with words alone. And then, yeah, in terms of the actual finish and Street Profits taking it, did I expect it like that? Not necessarily, no, but like it was great. Yeah, I was expecting the the frog splash finish, but the, the the finish with the electric chair blockbuster finish was pretty good. Yeah, it was really awesome, and I think Corey Graves called it on the commentary. But um, to say that Montes has got the best frog splash in the business right now, I think is accurate. Yeah, if he that had, thing has some height to it. If if RVD had a five star, that's a fucking seven star that Montes has that's, got. Yeah, <laughs> it's broken the Meltzer scale. Let's put it that way. Oh, definitely. Also, did they shake hands at the end? I can't remember. Yeah, they I think did. they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. So, I'd like to see it again. I uh, happily, easily would see that again. I just wish that WWE had other tag teams that were that good as well, because it seems like everyone seems to be broken up. Yeah. So, was there a segment in between the next match? Because it... I think we did get the pro. I think there was a segment with the the ladies, and um, Naya was basically telling everybody else like, "Don't tag Lana in." Yeah, because she was stuck in a corner. Well, yeah, basically. But we'll we'll get to that. Um, yeah. Well, next match then. Lead us through this one. Next match was Big Bob. Big Bob. Big Bob. Uh, Bobby Lashley, the US champion, accompanied by the Hurt Business, against the IC champion of Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this wasn't quite the squash that I think some people were expecting, but it wasn't. But he barely got moves in, Sammy. Yeah, it, yeah. But what what it did do? Let's let's be honest. Like it wasn't a squash, but it did give Sammy opportunities again to show sort of like how crafty he is yeah. and to think um, how sly he is and yeah, stuff. To think he was more of the heel than the hurt business that like, have been heels. Ash, Ash, don't! I'm going to stop you there. I've told you this for I can't. I don't even know how many weeks now. The Hurt Business are not heels; they're face because they go up against Retribution, and Retribution are heel because they want to bring the company down. The company, which is WWE. Oh wait a minute, hang on. If the WWE is a company, is a heel, yeah, and Retribution's trying to bring the WWE down. Yeah. Does that mean Retribution is a face? Uh, I don't know, because I've gone cross-eyed again. And would that mean that the Hurt Business really are heel? Uh, I've just had an epiphany, Ashley. I've seen the light. And I'm going to ring up... I'm going to get Seth Rollins on the blower right now. And I'm just going to let him know that he's opened my eyes. I think, Ashley, you need to accept what I've just said to you for the greater good. Shut up! 
<laughs> Pack it in, Frank. Yeah. The Hurt Business look legit. Oh, like, yeah. They look legit. Well, they are like, legit. Just, yeah, I know, but like they look legit. MVP is is just a fantastic kind of like hype man. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to say hype man. Like, like that's like, I know because like, they said like Leo Rush was the hype man for Lashley, but like MVP just brings something different to him. Like he's he's just you you can tell like if he needed to, he's going to roll his sleeves up and he'll batter you. Yeah. You know, Cedric's there, Benjamin's there, and Benjamin not enough gets talked about uh, ben, about Benjamin. Yeah, because he he's a legit badass. He is a legit badass, and Lashley is a legit badass. Yeah. But Lashley comes out with that belt. And the man looks like a champion. Yes. He literally looks like a champion. And that was the dynamic that I enjoyed, was that Sami Zayn comes out like he's just got off of a park bench. But yeah. he's also a champion. But it's the craftiness that he puts into his matches, the way he goes about it, Sami is just like... I, 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 just, I love Sami. I just, I, he's, just, he's, a, he's just brilliant. I knew he wasn't going to win here, no. and I called Bobby, uh, Bobby winning it. I called it. Big Bob. You called it. So we all got a point on that one, yeah. you, Jay, and I. No, Jay um, didn't. No, Jay went for Bob, didn't he? I'm sure he didn't. I think he said he didn't want Bob to win because he doesn't like Bobby Lashley. But I'm I swear sure he put Sammy to win. Okay. Well, if he's put Sammy to win, then sorry, Jay. You've lost a point there, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, look, the the match ended. Well, we'll go straight to the end. The match ended with the, the hurt lock. Yeah. Because I, I love I the fact that Sammy was trying to get out not trying to, he's trying to get a count out, even though it's count out DQ, yeah. and then the that, they call the, back to the vertigo thing. Yeah, the vertigo was fucking hilarious to me. Yeah, the one, the I one mean, bit, just... the one bit from that old storyline from a couple of years ago. Not the sisters, not the you, you were in the army and you disgraced your country. No, the vertigo that you gave me from doing yeah. the suplexes. <laughs> and I loved, I loved him when when. And he walked past MVP and fell over. Like, he tripped me up. DQ him. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy's brilliant. Yeah. And he really did. He, he made this match really entertaining. I was not expecting much from this match at all. No. And again, that's what I mean. If you go in with low expectations, I wasn't expected to be shit, but there was a big part of me that was kind of like, oh, I feel like this is probably going to be a squash or it's going to be a screwy finish or, mm. you know. And actually, it ended up being really entertaining. And although Sammy losing isn't, you know, ideal at this point. To be honest, any champion losing when they're not in a championship match isn't like I'm still I, I'm still sort of against that whole idea that like if a champion loses in any match that it should be a big deal. So yeah. which is really difficult when you're doing a champion versus champion match because one of them has to lose. So you know that aside, th- this was great. I don't see how the hurt business don't start moving up the 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 ranks now. To be honest with you, or at least very soon, it won't be. Lo- it won't be long. I think we need to start moving towards Lashley and Drew. I'm going to be honest. I think that needs to happen. I wouldn't mind it. And I think Lashley finally getting the title. I think the guy d- deserves it, and especially with the hurt business behind him, um, it's taken I them. Think you can really do a lot there. It's taken them a long time to get Bobby Lashley to this level. I know. I know. Obviously, this impact stuff is really good. And again, with with MVP, and it was. Really oh yeah. Good. An MVP has been an MVP of the year. To say that you had to be an MVP to be a bike, in this era to be a wrestler and be wrestling to be considered like a top MVP of the year. MVP himself being the, uh, showing how good he is as a hype man to be as a manager. And not to be wrestling as much as he has been in the past. And he's been amazing at it. Yeah, he's great. He's great. 
Overall, I mean, I'd give this match probably a silver just because it it was really entertaining, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that long. No, it's and about eight minutes. Yeah, long. I think short is one of the, of the night, but yeah, it, it was good. It was entertaining. It was good. And I, I just feel like let's, I, I think let's, let's now edge towards Hurt Business and Bobby mm-hmm. get into the main event. Uh, I give it a 2.25. Yeah. Which is, I think it was about right. Not too long, not too short. It sounds, it sounds low, low, but it, but there was not. It didn't feel like there was a lot happening apart from Sammy being. Yeah, I want to get out this match as as quickly. It did feel like it wanted to be as quickly as possible, but he did have some moves in. But well, it's eight minutes, not twenty, twenty-five, thirty. No, you know, so you're only going to get as much as you can in in eight minutes anyway. So, yeah, it, it was it was you know, yeah, it was all right. nice, just a nice match. Yeah, it was good. So, next up in the night then, I think now we got the uh, women's... Yeah, it's Asuka versus Sasha Banks, which is a rematch from SummerSlam. Yeah. Asuka, the Raw champion, Sasha Banks, the SmackDown champion. Once again, that's another point for me. I think Jay got the point there as well. I think I said Sasha as well. I think you said Asuka. No. I'm I'm actually, I'm certain you said Asuka. No, I think I said Sasha. I, I guarantee I said Sasha. Okay. Because I felt like because okay. she she felt All like right. she needed it. I I I think this was a really good match. Some good technical stuff at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, never stopped being technical. No, it was good. They they both looked good, and the white person won. Yeah, it was good. I I kind of I pegged it going in as like potentially being the match of the night. The tag match though, still by this point was a absolutely it just ran away with it. I don't know what it was. It was it was a really good match. I just don't know how to kind of explain it. I just feel like the chemistry wasn't quite there for that no. one, as it has been in the past. No. And I don't think that was anybody's fault. Like, because Oscar was on point, Sasha was on point. You know, it was a really enjoyable match. But I don't know. I think, to be honest, a part of that could be my own fault, just because, again, like, I wasn't going into this thinking, like, like, I went into it thinking, like, I don't really care, to be honest, who wins this. Um, I think Sasha should win, but, you know, it's not going to mean anything next week. No, because Sasha's going to go into a few with Carmelo, looks like, and I don't know about Asuka, but... So that's what I mean. I just, yeah, it's probably my own fault, really. I'd say it was a Gilver. Um, I'll give it a three. <laughs> Gilver. Gil- <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that chant again. Um, Gilver. Gilbert. I know we talked about uh, um, was it all in with Cody and Derby about roll up finish. Yeah, but this one felt like it was a proper roll up finish, not just roll up, roll up, roll up, roll up. Oh, I've won. It was a, it was just a roll up that went somewhere. It was a, it was a legit out of nowhere roll up. Not. I feel like we, you and I probably need to have that discussion and have that debate, maybe another time, because. Out of all the things that I said about the Cody Derby match, like it was the idea that the roll-up existed in the first place and the win came from a roll-up. That's what I kind of looked at and, and had something to say on. The fact that, to be honest, they were they kind of like went back and forth with the roll-ups doesn't get done that often. So no. I thought that was innovative. So actually, I enjoyed that so much. Uh, I, I enjoyed that more, I should say, than you know I potentially would have enjoyed it if it was just like a quick backslide pin or something like that. But I, just roll-ups in general. I think WWE, the, the problem with it is that they do it all the time. And because they do it all the time, it's so much easier to point out and go, oh, there's another one. 
even if it makes sense. So I think it's good that I mean I, I'll share your opinion on this one, like in particular. Um, I know there was roll-ups before, like a minute or two before that, but you knew that no one was going to take a, a uh, like a clean submission loss or whatever. It had to be because they, because yeah. they, they. Let's be honest, they, none of neither of them has like a a pinfall type finisher, do they? It's all the bank statement or the ask a lot, which is very. Um, it's very definite. Like it's a definite loss when you when you lose to a submission. Yeah. I agree with you on the basis that a roll-up here... Like, they've booked the match. Someone has to lose it. And I, to be honest, I would have rather had a roll-up finish as opposed to a DQ finish. Yeah. Which I did kind of half think was going to happen going into it. So, again, I'm glad they didn't. And if a roll-up is what it had to be, a roll-up's what it had to be. Ultimately, I don't think this does anything... I don't think this hurts anybody no. going forwards. Oscar, Oscar's not dominant pretty much all year. Uh, but it was a good match, but you would expect nothing less from Sasha and Oscar. No, they've always they've always had good matches. So always. And they're both like they're two of the best women I think in the world. But Yeah. Yeah, for whatever reason it just wasn't clicking. But like I say, I'm I am aware that that was potentially more um because of my mindset going into it as opposed to maybe what happened in the ring. If I watched it again, you know, maybe maybe I'll have a different opinion. But to be honest, like I say, like as objectively as possible, yeah, it was it was Gilver. Yes. Yeah. It was good. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Well, On to be- the next one. Well, before we get to the uh, next match, there was a backstage segment with the Gobbledygooker getting um, yes. with some birdseed getting in the way, which for the, for when I looked at it live, I thought, that looks suspiciously like cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> a line of cocaine. The Gobbledygooker. Yeah, he does cocaine. Is, uh, yeah. All of a sudden, Akira Cesaro comes out of a... Uh, Shark. Well, not anymore. <laughs> Akira Tozawa comes out of a shark's anus. Well, he came out of a backstage bo- uh, box backstage. And then he <laughs> rolls up, the gobbledygooker, wins the title. Then all of a sudden, R-Truth comes out of nowhere. Hits Tozawa with a bag of seed, wins the title, runs off and doesn't uh, stop running. Because he knows the camera's on him this time. <laughs> It's funny, once again, I, say, I said it before, I'll say it again, I love R-Truth. If R-Truth's happy, then I'm happy. I think they, I think they did say he's the 24th champion for like the 46th time. I might as well look that up. Yeah. It, do you know, look, if he's enjoying it, then, uh, you know, you can't really say much more about that. He's, he's another one who's, what, 48? Oh, yeah. Something stupid and like he that. He does not even, doesn't he, no, it doesn't look anywhere near it. Doesn't no. act anywhere near it in terms of, you know, being in the ring. He can He's pulling moves off that you can, well, I couldn't do it. I'm in my 20s. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I, it's, well, it's 24 7 title. Probably the less said, the better. It just yeah. is what it is. I think we just have to just accept the fact that it's going to, it's just around. And as long as it's getting clicks on YouTube, as long as it's getting people watching the segments, it's going to stay. Mm. But if our truth is enjoying it, then then that's good enough for me. <laughs> so at least it's good, at least our truth is on the screen. Yeah. It, it's annoying that it has to keep being the same thing over and over, but at least it puts our truth on the television screen. Yeah, I just wish they would uh, take more people to win the title and just it seems like it's the same two or three people at the minute because it's on raw only, which is stupid when it's a 24/7 title. It should be on every brand, but I don't think it needs to. I think just keep it where it is. It's already kind of outstayed its, it's welcome a bit. I don't think it needs to go around every 
you don't, like I don't know. Like what you're saying is you'd like to see it on every WWE well, TV show. About, and I just, and I think one is enough. Like one is more that was than the thing enough about right the, now. That was the thing about the women's tag titles. It was meant to go on every brand, but they've done that once or twice. Anyway, speaking of the Raw Tag Team Champions or Championship, they were in the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown women's match. Of Team Raw was Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Lacey Evans, and Peyton Royce. SmackDown was Bianca Belair, uh, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Natalia, and the unofficial captain of Bailey. Who I'm just going to say this now: Bailey stole this match for me, just in the entrance itself. Yeah. So, well, I'll let you explain that. But before we we get into it. I'm going to put out uh, a bit of trivia that this match actually set a new record for Survivor Series. And the lady in question is Natalia. Mm-hmm. Now holds the most... Well, she holds the record for the most eliminations in a Survivor Series... Well, at Survivor Series. I'll start that again. Natalia holds the record for most eliminations at Survivor Series within the, the Survivor Series match itself. She's now at seven. So that's a cumulative total of all the different matches she's been in throughout the years. But she has eliminated seven other ladies yeah. in that match throughout the uh, the course history. And the men's one, in case you're interested, is Randy Orton, who I believe is at number... I think he's at 14. Yeah, it sounds like that, because he was the last man in this team for like three, four years in a row. So he yeah. must have got a lot of eliminations. Um, yeah, like, like I said, Bailey was so funny to begin with, the entrance, because... Every time a member of her team came out, it was like, team captain? You, you, um, yeah, I'm, I'm team captain. I'm team captain, remember? But yeah, she just stole it before the match started. Not saying, yeah. not saying this match was bad or nothing, but yeah, just that she stole. It, do you know, it's not that it was bad. I, I, If anything, I actually thought this match was better than the men's. Like overall. Uh, it had its moments. I did like the fact that there was like what like they were saying in the pre-stage, uh, the backstage segment with Team Raw, like don't tag Lana in, yeah. she's going to be weak. And then when she tagged herself in, she looked all right. I know it was with Natalia, and they've, uh, I've only seen a bits, 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 pieces of like Total Divas. It does sound like that Natalia's trying to make Lana a better wrestler and training. Yeah, and they've they've done stuff together, uh, backstage segments on TV, but yeah, it was just um. She'd look to her right and then tag her out and look, you stand in the corner, you stand on the steps, do not get involved. It, yeah. it was, yeah. I, so for me, this match, the biggest story for this was actually Lana. Now, when last week on the weekly roll up, we said that, well, I say we, I said that, because uh, this is the only, well, this is my blemish. So, in terms of like who I said who I thought was going to win, I went for Team SmackDown. But I said that, you know, if Team Raw was going to win, it would be Lana that does it. The story here then, so technically Lana is the sole survivor. Yeah. And I, and I said and I said last week in the weekly roll-up that, you know, the problem with this whole constantly putting Lana through the table week after week, and it does look like they're jobbing her out. Do you know what? The, after watching this, I've got to open my mind up. A little bit. So, although I feel it's a bit excessive to do it week after week, mm-hmm. after week, after week, after week, the same time, this, for me, I just felt like, although it was kind of fluky, 
if this is done right, this really, really could lead somewhere interesting that potentially WWE hasn't gone before. It's interesting that I feel that with the whole Be A Star campaign, they don't like the word bully being used no. on programming. And you can go as far back as to Bubba Ray, you know, when, when him and Devon returned and he wanted to bring the bully character to WWE, but Vince wasn't hot on it because he didn't want the name bully being used, um, you know, because of the Be A Star stuff. But that is essentially what is going on right now. Yeah. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, the two champs, and they're the bullies. And they're bullying someone like Alana, who isn't as experienced as they are, hasn't won as many matches as they have, and they are bullying her constantly, every week. Yeah. And I do feel like this could be a good story, like going down the line if they choose to go down that, that route. But the fact that they've allowed Lana to pick up a win here to shows something at least, that they must see something in Lana. Because I was kind of one of those that thought maybe Lana's getting jobbed out you know, because of um, the stuff with Rusev, what now Miro, and, you know, stuff that she said in the past, because she's been very vocal. And whether or not you agree with what they say or or not, they were talking sometimes trash about the company that they work for. Yeah. So you'd expect there to be some sort of corporate punishment, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to sort sort of gauge it, but I was pleasantly surprised with the outcome. Yeah, I want to talk a bit about the match itself. So, yeah. Some bit, the one thing that shocked me the most was the fact that Bailey was first eliminated, considering that she's had this long title reign. A, a good thing from Peyton Royce as well, given given that she did it. Good thing for Peyton, but then maybe this goes to the whole, like what we said about the men's one. Mm. I think sometimes if you let some of the bigger names go out first, that almost proves to you that they're bigger names. But then the, the downside to that is it almost shows you that yeah, you don't really need to overly care about no. this show. Do you know what I mean? Like that's kind of how it felt. But speaking of Peyton Royce, did you hear when she did that kind of tarantula move? What Corey Graves said? I uh, no, I was switching off a lot of the commentary to be honest, like from the commentary a lot. He said, "I'd give that move a perfect 10. Oh, okay, nice, smooth, Corey. Yes, smooth. some um, of the eliminations were really good, apart from. It looked like Natalia was going to eliminate Peyton Royce with like a weird submission move, but it, they yeah I don't know who fucked up, but they yeah they fucked that bit up, and then she did the sharpshooter, which she probably should have done to begin with. Well, look, they, they they tried something and it didn't work out. Yeah, that literally like anything else in life, you or I are going to make these mistakes too. You know, botches happen. Yeah, it happens. You know, and then Natalia tried to do the sharpshooter uh, on. It might have been Shayna. Shayna. Then she got. Punch a uh, woman's right by Lacey Evans, who eliminated Natalia. The referee gets distracted on a pinfall that has happened by Ruby Riot being on top when she tried to do the uh, to roll out of the, the move, and then she gets the one two kicks out, but uh, Ruby's knocked out from the submission. I kind of like, I did like that. I think, mm. I think that was the best, I think that was the best version of the night, the whole night, both brands. Both show both matches. Yeah, it was that was innovative. Yeah, something different. That was innovative. It was yeah, and I like seeing that because it needed that. And every year you need to see something a little bit different, and that I think that was the. And it, yeah, it was. I, I I just think it was an enjoyable match. I just think it was. I I think that was it. It just told a bit more story than the men's overall, like for both brands. Yeah. And uh, being better on the outside, I think they they did tease a table spot, didn't they? 
but not for they teased it, but not for Lana because she'd done nothing for like the last fifteen minutes of the match. No, but all of a sudden Bianca Belair throws Nijax over the barricade, and by the time she's done that, she gets counted out for the ten count. They're both counted out, and Lana wins the match, being sole survivor. Yeah. So, so again, like I said before, it, well, I think I said before, fluky. Yeah. It was a fluky finish, but Lana's still the sole survivor. Did you find it weird that the last three eliminations had no one, there was no pinfall, like that kind of thing? The last three submissions were both DQ and count out. Um, yeah, it sticks out. But again, I kind of, I still expected it because you do expect it from a Survivor Series match. Mm. The fact that, but, but the fact that Shayna just like held on for so long that she should know the rules by now. Yeah. So I'm going to give it, uh, I gave it a 3.25, the women's match. I might have given it more than a men's match looking back at it now, but I can't remember what I gave the men's match. Uh, well, see, you don't have that problem when you go for trophies, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, well, I gave the men's match a silver. I'm giving this one a silver too. Like, it's still a silver. I just enjoyed it a bit more than the men's one. Okay. So, yeah, we'll get to the main event of the night. Well, match-wise, which was the WWE champion Drew McIntyre versus the Universal champion Roman Reigns, accompanied by Paul Heyman. I just want to get to the chase here. This match was my was match of the night. Um, It was going to be... It was... The first few minutes was a bit slow to me. But then it got better as the match went on. It was hard hitting, especially towards the the later stages of the match. And now, when I say match of the night, it only just takes the the tag. I've got to be honest; like it's not as good as other matches of the night from previous pay per views. No, but this was really it was it was good. Yeah, it was good. And interference, which we had um, anticipated, did happen, and it was Jay. Just what a story they're building there, really. What a story. You've got Jay and Roman at the end. Bit of a hesit- some hesitation on Roman's part before he kind of goes in for that, that kind of, you know, brings him in and hugs him and stuff. The hesitation, like, I don't know, you know, you're a loser. I don't, I, I want you out. And then, But then as soon as they embrace, like, Roman looks like he's genuinely into it. And like, I, 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 can't, I can't put my finger on it, but whatever this is that Roman's doing... Wherever that's been, it's, why is it only coming out now? I don't know. It's 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 so weird to see the guy that was meant to be the guy, the next John Cena is now. I don't know what the heel equivalent of a uh, John Cena is, to be honest. From like, is he the Piper of the new of this current era? No, do you know Reigns is the Reigns of this era. I guess so. He's there isn't anything. The only I mean, I, I would say one of the best heels in the last, I mean, probably twenty years for just WWE alone would be Triple H, and he changed himself up a little bit for that as well. You know, he, he evolved the game character somewhat, and then mm-hmm. it turned into the whole. You know, albeit I didn't enjoy the authority angle because it went on for far too long, but Triple H was the monster heel, but. Reigns is Reigns. I don't know. You can say what you want about the Pipers and everything. They're they're brilliant. And I love Piper. One of my all-time favourite. Couldn't even call him a heel because I loved him. I mm. thought he was hilarious. But there's no one else like Reigns. Like what Reigns is doing, no one else is doing this. 
even in this match, he's talking again, I know, because of the Thunderdome situation and, you know, there's no crowd and everything. But the talk, like the monologue, like these little monologues he does in the match when yeah. he's just talking to himself, they're, they're, they're great. They're genius. He's making like, like he's making the most of it, of every ounce of this entire situation. I'm almost going to miss Reigns matches when there's a crowd. I will. Just coming to his own, man. He's just coming to his own. Do you know another a good thing about the build to this match was on the episode of SmackDown, they did not have microphones for the contract signing. I don't know if you saw or noticed that. There was no. It's weird, it's weird that they never use microphones for one segment and they always use microphones no matter what. I guess sometimes the idea to not use them is to make it more intimate, mm. which I think it it works. Reigns is intimate. Like, that's the best way. The, the Probably my, my word for Reigns at the minute to describe him is that he's intimate. Like, the storyline is intimate. The the monologues are intimate. Like, everything is just personal to Reigns. And everything's brought back to Reigns. And I just... The, the guy is doing it right. Yeah. And he's silencing all of the doubters. And I was a doubter. I'll put myself... I'll put myself in the firing line. I never, ever criticise Roman's wrestling ability. Oh, no. I've, like, I've, I've always thought he's really capable in the ring. Yeah, super capable in the ring. And I loved him in the Shield. I, I just didn't... I couldn't buy the character of Roman Reigns solo when he was being pushed to the moon just because it just... Something wasn't clicking. Mm. But this clicks. Like, this clicks on every single level. This clicks on a level that some of the greatest heels of all time weren't at some of, weren't doing some of the things that Reigns is doing. Like, in terms of, you know, getting me this invested. In 2020, of all times as well. Mm. I think it's, I think in another way, it's the same with McIntyre. Like, I've always thought he was really good, but until this year, it never felt right to be pushed as the guy, as the future world champion, a long champion of that. But Roman is just... Like I say, Roman, I've always liked the guy, but he's... It was basically the... I think the promos was the one thing letting him down. Not not the fact that he uh, was being pushed too much, because as much as Cena was getting pushed too much, that the guy had the microphone skills. And it's only uh, it's only in the last few years I've noticed how good the rest of the guy was. I know we had really good matches with the, like Punk and AJ, who always have good matches. But yeah, Roman has just stood up as the locker room leader that is supposed to be backstage and just making his character now amazing yeah overall again i would just say to everybody just watch the match it's stiff um you know reigns has got the monologue moments in there drew comes off super strong mm. and yeah you know absolutely like he, he was a he was a threat to reigns the fact which that, is different uh, from the last two main event well i suppose the last two reigns matches you've yeah. seen on pay-per-view but the fact that drew kick kicking out of every spear and uh, every big move he did, I know we've I know we've kind of made complaints about he kind of was looking stale at Helen Sale as champion and all that kind of stuff, but it kind of made up for this this match, I think. Yeah, overall for the match though, I'd have to give it a gold in them. All right, I give it a four because, like I say, it's it's not slow, but the last ten minutes or so was really really good, and yeah. the ending with Jay coming out to help. Roman and then now the fact that they're getting the guillotine choke over as a finisher with the way Roman's built up it works more than uh, I think the spear the spear's still good 
but a guillotine is just like an extra edge. Like how they gave John Cena the STF instead of just being the uh, AA all the time. Mm. Uh, the guillotine joke. I don't know if the Superman punches work as a heel, though. The, if if they call the Superman punch the General Zod punch, I think it's better. <laughs> all right. So this is it. All right. The, the end of the show, which... Ash, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I kind of want to discuss this more in depth in the weekly roll-up um, with Jay. I think we'll go over, obviously, what happened. There's not really much to explain here, really. Well... It's, um, you know, they bring out a few people. I don't want to go into this too much now. I, I think maybe let's call the show, rate the show overall, mm-hmm. and obviously for, for those listening... You know, one of the big things about the Survivor Series was that it's 30 years of The Undertaker and that this was going to be his send-off, his final farewell. Yes. And that is what closes the show. Now, in in a nutshell, they bring out a lot of guys uh, to the ring, you know, including Shane McMahon, Mick Foley, JBL, Kane... The Godwins, yeah, Godfather, members of the BSK, that also included Rikishi. Um, well, obviously the um, members of the BSK that are still currently alive. And the yeah. BSK, for those who may not know, is the Bone Street crew. That's uh, You may have seen the tattoo on Undertaker's stomach. And um, it was essentially just one of the, the sort of backstage sort of, not gang, but it was one of the, the backstage sort of factions almost, the cliques, yeah. if you will. Well, it's been the same as tyres, the click, so... Yeah. But, you know, these guys all come out. Kane comes out uh, dressed as Kane, which which looked quite funny. Yeah, uh, considering yeah, that everyone else wasn't... I know, obviously... Basically in suit. I, I, know suit obviously, tie, yeah. I know, obviously, you can get fucking Shawn Michaels or the Godwins to be in their uh, wrestling attire, but Kane... Because it had to be Kane as Kane. It couldn't be Glenn Jacobs' Kane. It had to be Kane. Yeah, that made sense. But obviously, yeah, they all come out and it's all to basically, you know, pay respects and things. But then then we get a video package of Undertaker. Yeah, with, um, with Metallica, so that got me over. Yeah, and it, that was it was really good. The That video package, obviously, and it is really good. Yeah. That plays. And then The Undertaker comes out and it's like, you know, it's... Well, you Vince, well, really Vince. long entrance. Vince. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Vince uh, announced it first and he's a bit teary-eyed. Yeah. I will say one thing about Vince. I feel like he maybe. I, I don't know if he's had work done or if it was just makeup, but yeah, something looked I'm, really weird with him. And I think it was his eyebrows. I thought I'm it was the eyebrows. Put that out it there. looked like it was a Botox job. That It was, yeah. Something some it looked. It, it just it looked strange. Anyway, it was it was sort of. Yeah, taking Actually, my mind off of one it. Thing, one thing that, um, about the people that came out was when they talked about Kevin Nash. And com- the commentator was like, I think Michael Cole says, yeah, they had a match of Mania 11 or Mania 13 or <laughs> Mania 12. I, can't, I don't know which one it was, but like, eventually they were like, yeah, it was a Mania 12, you dipshit. Great. I think Graves tries to correct him and stuff like that. And then they joke about the power of Google. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's funny. That's just, you know, it's a human error and they just acknowledged it for once, which was nice. But Well, f- speaking of human error, do you think Vince McMahon legit tried, didn't mean to say WWF? I think... Um, I think he did. I don't, I don't, and to be honest, I don't think it overly matters. No. The, the the big story was literally just, it was Taker coming out, big entrance, a lot of bells and whistles to it. It was, um, you know, it was really cool. Everybody that had just come out to the ring had gone. Which, so that was that a bit was confusing. Weird. Yeah. But, uh, but um, 
the, the, to be honest, at the end of the day, it was it was what it was. You know, it was this long entrance. They let the music play. Takers like just walking around the ring. Doesn't it cuts basically a promo? It wasn't like a speech. It was a promo, and it yeah. was the long and short of it is that it's now time to let the Undertaker rest in peace. And then you know the music go well before his music comes back on. They do like this ten bell salute, which is usually what they use for when people die. Yeah. And they're paying tribute, so that was... They've never done that for retirement, I don't think. But no, because... but I guess it makes sense for The Undertaker. Yeah, he's a dead man. He is the dead man, and, he, and he's retiring the, the character of The Undertaker. And then he, he go, obviously he goes to his knee, and you know he, he does the pose, and they have this hologram of Paul Bearer. Emotional. And then you hear Paul Bearer's, oh yeah, that was... that got I, There was a tear in my eye, I'm not going to lie to that bit. Yeah. And the over... I mean, to be honest, I'm not going to... I don't want to criticise it or anything... And I won't, because, um, like I said, I want to talk about this more tomorrow uh, when we record the the weekly roll-up. Yeah. Uh, So I want to talk about it more then, and obviously with Jay as well, but um, Taker's my all-time favourite. So that was like a big childhood moment, not just for me, obviously for anybody that grew up with with that era, but, you know, he's my childhood favourite. So it was was really emotional. I just, all I can really say is screw COVID, man. Like, that's all I can really say, because... I have no doubt in my mind that WWE did the best they could with this and they and they really did sort of, you know, do their best to make this special. Mm-hmm. But the crowd noises, man, it was just those it it was that artificial dubbing in of the Undertaker. And yeah. you know, the the fact that they kept putting it in at the moments they felt were like necessary and stuff, and I get it. Like it's not their fault. Like I do get it. But a part of me just thinks I'd rather it, they just didn't have it in there at all. It felt like Taker, it did feel like Taker was um, reacting to the fake noise. But from what I've been told, is they're not they they don't hear the fake noise. It's just we can hear the fake noises. No, they must be able to hear something because he was stopping for the Undertaker chant. Yeah, he but, was he was cutting the promo and they put the Undertaker chant in, and then he stops and lets that that go a little bit. So he must have Maybe, been able but, to hear it to a degree. Look, I, I can't, I can't, um, can't really put that on WWE. Like for all yeah. the wrong that WWE's done, and, and even Vince, you know, like I, I do genuinely believe that he's, you know, for the most part, I think he's probably always done right by Taker. Well, watching the last ride documentary, I think it's, it, I don't know if it's Shepard it is. It might be two or three when he talks when the guy interviewing goes, uh, "What does Taker mean to him?" and Vince c- c- cannot talk about. Undertaker without trying to cry. I just think that yeah, that there's obviously that relationship is deep seated, you know, through some of the worst times probably professionally for for both of them, to you know some of the best times. And you know, without Vince, there's no Undertaker. Well, without Vince, there's no WWE in wrestling as we know it today. And I think you know it is easy to criticise Vince and the WWE these days, and it is, and it is a lot of it is deserved. But at the same time, we also, you know, sometimes I think we forget that we don't actually have what we have now if it wasn't for Vince and that vision no. once upon a time. But, you know, Undertaker career in general, talk more about it to, tomorrow. Uh, so, well, for, for the next episode, for, so for when, when you hear that. But, um, yeah, it was emotional, but fuck COVID. That's all I can really say. Yeah. Just fucking, this should have been so much more. But at the same time, do you know what? It felt right in a way. Like I wanted it to be more, and I'm sure everybody else would have wanted it to be more. 
but that doesn't downplay the fact that this was still just a special moment. Yeah. It was not, it was quiet. Undertaker was a character of few words anyway, and he's retiring the character. So it was few words, but the music, the lights, the pyro. Um, yeah, man, yeah. I don't, I don't know, but it, it was just emotional. I don't know that, that, that wrapped up the show. I mean, that segment itself is about, I mean, probably about 40 minutes. Um, it was long. And it really is just a lot of just standing around and stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it's, well, it was emotional. But yeah, we'll talk yeah. more about it tomorrow. Um, the show overall for Survivor Series, I'd have to give it a silver. I think I gave the Bobby Lashley and uh, Sami Zayn match a silver and I should have given it a bronze. So I'm just going to go back and re- like re-edit that bit now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'll re-edit. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to re- I'm, I'm retracting my statement of silver for it because I've been I was thinking about it and I was like yeah. no I can't give it silver if the it's men's, a bronze if the men's match and the women's match is uh, the same score ever I might... <laughs> no it's, it's a bronze it is a bronze but the whole show was a silver I thought when you well, you decide I thought it was the strongest of the uh, brand versus brand one they've done in a while well probably the best one they've done it's the strongest Survivor Series I can think of since 2014 yeah I would give it that, but I'd give it a three and a half out of five overall. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, okay. You're going for three and a half. I'll, I'll stick with silver. But the taker thing was the biggest thing for any for, for the whole thing. It yeah. was just, it made me forget about the show I just watched. If that makes sense, like I, like I to, just, I like to think the the person will appear once in a while, but I don't want to see him have a match. No, the boneyard. No, no. The boneyard was a good send off. He wrote. He the lit- Boneyard was perfect. It doesn't need to prove anything else. Like, he really, really doesn't need to prove anything else. That man's legacy, they said it on commentary, like, or, or Vince, I think, said it, like, his legacy is that there, there will never be another. No. No shit. There's never going to be another Undertaker. The man's legacy is the impact he's had on generations of people. Like, that's the legacy. He said in that documentary something, and, it, like, it proper, like, hit me. And it was like, you know, he doesn't want like some dad turning to their kid going, oh, you should have seen him when he was younger. You know, you should have seen him when he still had it. Like, if I was ever lucky enough to have have kids, then, the, it, and I'm showing them Undertaker matches, that's never going to come out. Because Taker mm-hmm. was, it doesn't matter what era, Taker was the fucking best. And yeah, he slowed down a lot. And I, and I feel like it was kind of like the career itself was pretty much done after that Hell in a Cell with Triple H. But the Undertaker character, he was still giving you everything that he possibly could, even after that man. And the man has nothing to be ashamed of. Oh, no. What an amazing, amazing career. Like, just an amazing career, honestly. It's it's sad, but it's just well-deserved, man. Like, just enjoy life now. Enjoy it. And the the mark he's left on the, on the industry, no pun intended, but, you know, the mark he's left on the industry is like no other, man. No it, other. He's one of the few people who... In shoot promos with people like, has never said a bad word about him, which is rare. No. Well, yeah, we'll cover it more tomorrow. But uh, for the meantime, guys, it's been a big one. Yeah. It's been a big one. Uh, as we say, Jay's going to be back for the weekly roll up. So we're looking forward to having you back for the weekly roll up. Until then, I suppose we should let you know where to find us. Yeah. Jay would usually pick that up. Who's doing it this week? I'm going to get our link tree up and then do an impression. Okay, right. Right. Ash is going to do an impression of Jay. I'm sure this is going to be interesting. Right. 
You can follow us on Podbeam, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, on YouTube, or on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. Was that good? Bad? Um, I'm going to let Jay decide how good or bad that was. And um, you have also missed that he he does also like to say that no matter where you go, we'll be there. Anywhere yeah. you go, you can find us. Anywhere we, anywhere, anywhere you go, also the weather. I think I've said that once or twice before, but you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> but it's absolutely true. Anywhere you go, you will find us there. Yeah. And for those that um, are coming back to us, th- thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if you are a new listener, then we hope you've enjoyed this. There's plenty more. And if you're, fir- if this is your first episode, where have you been? Yeah. Where where have you been? It's been lockdowns. What have you yeah. been doing? Um, no, yeah, we, we really, really do. We appreciate you so much. Moving forwards, we are um, coming towards the end of 2020. So we're going to be looking at the year in review very soon. We've got mm-hmm. a couple of special episodes coming up soon, just for a bit of fun. So keep your ears peeled for those. Do people keep their ears peeled? Uh, that's the phrase. I don't know if they do. No, I think it's eyes peeled. If it's ears peeled, that's going to fucking hurt. Yeah, I know. Don't peel your ears, guys. Don't forget to comment on all of our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram pages, Podbeam. We're on 520-odd downloads, which is amazing. And thank you for that. Yeah, for three months in, and that's what we're at. And that's that's thanks to, you know, all of you guys out there listening. Yeah, it's amazing. Really, really is. Really is. Well, I'm Ash. Sorry about that, but I'm better than Jay, so who cares? And I'm Russ. We'll catch you again on the flip side. Yep. And we'll find out when Ash and Jay take each other on, who will survive? What are you willing to do to survive? To survive. We should do Survivor Series 3, seriously. They pigeons! That's 2011. <laughs> See you later, everybody. Boy, boy, boy. boy. Three men, three men. One ball, one ball. I did it.